The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hi friends, happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. Coming at you with a solo episode this week. Just you and me chatting, catching up. And the topic is a very exciting one. It's the finale of the job search. I haven't done an episode about my process of looking for an associate job in several months, and I've kind of been hinting you can go watch YouTube videos to see what's been going on, but for people that just listened to the podcast, I didn't want to leave you hanging with the information about how I settled on this job, kind of going over the different green flags and things to look for, as well as overall just giving you some resources that you can check out if you too are in a job search process or maybe going to be going through it in the future. So I'm a happy camper because I'm on break for four weeks between fall and my final semester of dental school. And isn't that so cool that I'm entering my final semester of dental school? It's just, I have, I'm at a loss for words, really. I'm so, so excited. And I'm trying to be super grateful and present and in the moment, this break, because I'm never going to get four weeks off in a row again, probably literally till I retire. Maybe I'll somehow take four weeks off one day as a dentist, but I doubt it because I'm the type that gets really bored easily with too much time on my hands. Clearly why I started a podcast and why I have a YouTube channel and why I'm in a million student organizations and so involved with organized dentistry. I don't like to sit around for too long, but I have been loving it the past couple days that school's been off. I'm sure over break I'm going to be itching for some new projects to dip into and this is just going to be a quick little update on general life things and then we'll get into the topic of the episode of the job search but I know for the rest of break I'm just going to be really doing a lot of family time I'm not even bringing my microphone on break with me for the three and a half weeks that I'm not in Ann Arbor I spent the first couple days after we finished clinic and patients in Ann Arbor just relaxing. The younger students have some final exams. We don't, but two of my roommates are D2s, so they're still here and they're studying. So I figured I didn't mind staying in Ann Arbor since my family's in Florida and I'm not leaving for a couple more days. Better to at least be around people and stay in my house at school here with my roommates that are still here. And then my fourth roommate is a fellow D4, and she ended up going to Hawaii over break. So she is much more lucky than we are in the nasty weather in Michigan a lot of the time these past couple days. But it actually hasn't been too bad. If anyone's considering coming here for dental school, I'm very biased because I've lived in Michigan my whole life. But I don't think the winters are too bad, but it's this time of year that makes it you think, okay, winter's not 
awful because it's leading up to Christmas. You've got like all the holiday fun and anticipation. So you don't really mind if it's cold or if it's snowing. It's like the lingering winter that gets you. And if you do move here from somewhere that didn't have a very cold, snowy climate in the winter, I think that you'll realize that it's February, March, even early April sometimes when you get random snowstorms that is when you're ready for winter to be over. We can say that. So it's something to think about if you're considering relocating. But personally, I love all four seasons and I couldn't see myself moving to a state that didn't at least have the four seasons, even if they were a little more moderate and not so intense. Because to me, even our heat in the summer, if it's 85, 90 degrees, it's pretty hot because it can get humid versus I know some other climates it might be 102 or something but it's a really dry heat so it doesn't feel quite as bad as a humid cooler temperature but that's enough of our weather chat I don't think you tuned in this week to listen to the weather discussion from me but just something to consider because I know a lot of my listeners are still deciding between dental schools or maybe if you're listening to this because you're looking for a job maybe you're considering relocating to Michigan so we can hang out and be friends it's a very big state so I would be very interested if one of you ended up moving to Michigan and working near where I'm going to be working because that would be kind of funny it'd be a very very small world if that somehow happened but all in all I've decided where I'm working I feel extremely extremely lucky to have found this practice I couldn't write down on paper anything else that I would have wanted it was everything that I was looking for and there's so many components that make it such a wonderful office that I can get into in the episode today such as the team the doctors I'll be working with the opportunity clinically And the philosophy of the practice, all of those things really line up with what I wanted. And I can read to you all what I put on the recruitment websites for places I was looking for jobs as how I described myself as a practitioner. And that can kind of help you see why I was matched with this practice. And I'll also walk you through the process of finding out about the practice initially meeting the owner doctor and how that transitioned into eventually signing a contract. So we're going to go through all of those today in this episode. All right, I wrote some notes. I took a break between that segment and this segment so that I'm not rambling about the weather and we're actually talking about what you all clicked on this episode to hear about. The beginning of the job search process, I couldn't even tell you exactly when I did, probably summer of D4 year, I redid my whole resume, pretty much took everything off of it that was on there previously because it wasn't a resume for a dentist associate. It was a resume for a pre-dental student. And a lot of it was just irrelevant information that no one hiring a dentist would care about. You really wanted to focus on clinical experience, clinical skills, externships, rotations, how many patients you've seen, what type of procedures you are proficient in. And then if you think there's anything else that is niche and is going to help you match with the office that's best for you, obviously you can include that as well. So I did make a resume and I honestly think it was pretty good considering we've never worked as a dentist before. I think I made it look and sound pretty nice. 
but I honestly don't think anyone read it except maybe one dentist that reached out to me via LinkedIn. Other than that, I don't think anyone has read it because I had people respond to email inquiries that I put out that just called me immediately and because I was someone interested in the position, they talked to me and got to know me over the phone. I don't think they necessarily read through the resume that I attached. And then I know these recruiting websites, I think they focus more heavily on the bio that you put for yourself. And then the recruiter's message conveying who you are back to the dentist. So I spent time in making this resume. How much did it help? I'm not too sure because I think a lot of hiring people whether it's the dentist or someone else hiring at the office are just viewing new grads as like a general group and just kind of lumping us all together as competent enough to pass boards but are going to need guidance and they don't so much care what rotations you did or that you know how to do this or that skill because they're assuming that we're all pretty much level playing field and they're going to care a lot more about the personal connection that they build during the interview process and your personality fit, your professionalism, what your different qualities and traits are, your value system, and how you would fit in with the team and the office dynamic, I think is so much more important during the job search process for you finding a place that wants you, but also for you to find the place you want to work too. It's definitely a two-way street. Pretty much any job search, associate search thing you're going to listen to is going to compare it to dating, and it's really similar to that, especially a lot of these posting websites when you're working through a recruiter are going to be a lot like dating because you're going to have a profile and you're going to be like matching with practices, and then you're going to maybe do a phone call, and then you're going to meet in person, and as someone that met their partner on a dating app I'm just like yep (laughs) exactly the same process except it's for a job so what are the different places I had profiles I had a profile on ADA practice transitions or ADAPT ADAPT you can look that up DDS match dentist job connect LinkedIn and indeed dentist practice matchmakers a Facebook group I often saved job listings from the Michigan Dental Association job boards, that's my state dental association, as well as my dental school's job board, which that one you don't need like a profile or anything to log in. So if for some reason you're from out of state and you want to work in Michigan, or there's a lot of listings for jobs in Michigan, jobs in Wisconsin, basically all across the Midwest on University of Michigan's job board for dentists and associate positions as well as practice sales too. So if any of that seems relevant to you, definitely check out that specific website. I can try to link some of these in the show notes. And then as for things that you don't really have profiles on, there's also a podcast guest that you would have heard by now. His website is ruralpractices.com. And then for in-person conversations, I would just mention it to people that, oh, I'm going to work right when I graduate. I'm looking for an associate job. Kind of have your pitch of what you're looking for and what's important to you. What are your core values in the office that you want to align with? Are you looking for mentorship? Are you not? Do you want to be super busy at any cost, working weekends and just really getting your reps in? Or do you want to have more of a work-life balance 
So those are all things you want to know before you go into talking to people and telling them that you're looking for a job. But this would be conversations with different supply reps like Henry Shine or Patterson or people at local dental society events that you might be attending, as well as part-time or full-time faculty members at the school usually have connections in the area of your school, but even friends that work in different cities or states that then might know somebody else that's hiring can be very much like a trickle-down effect of this person knows that person and that's how you get the opportunity. So now that you know every place I had my eyes and ears on during the job search process, I believe I started inquiring to places over D4 summer semester and I visited my first one over our May breaks. That was actually the gap between D3 and D4 year. So I guess I really started it at the end of D3 year, which is super early. I would say now a lot of my classmates going into our final semester are kind of rounding off opportunities and going to start making their pick probably either during break or when we get back from break. I've heard from a lot of people that they have multiple offers and they're deciding what they want to do around this point. And then I do know some people like my roommates last year, they didn't solidify what they were doing until April, which is the month before we graduate. So when's the right time to start looking? I'm happy with what I did because I think It got me exactly where I wanted to be, but a lot of people were not interested in talking to me and exploring working with me because it was over a year from when I could start working. If I was looking in May and I wouldn't be starting till June of the following year, once you're probably into the fall time, I would say it's a little more reasonable because at that point, if they haven't filled the role, they are probably just dealing with it and they might be open to waiting for someone that's actually interested and willing to come work there. So probably if you want to get less rejections for being too far from starting to work, you could start looking in September, October of your fourth year. But my understanding is the more competitive of an environment that you're looking in, you actually have to start looking later slash you're not going to get an offer until it's only a couple months out from your start date. I mean, have at it, look as early as you want, apply as early as you want. But if you're looking in a super saturated suburb outside of a big city or in a big city, It seems that they don't hire people until a month or two before the start date. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) My office is definitely not in a big city. Overall, I ended up visiting four offices total during this job search process. There were plenty that I did maybe like a quick phone call with or talked to a recruiter about that I just didn't seem like it was the right fit. Or, as I just mentioned, they weren't interested in a candidate so far from my start date, which would have been June 2024 at some point, and that was nearly a year of time, and they were already looking to hire someone, so most of them needed help sooner, which is very fair. But during that process, how did I figure out 
which office was the right fit and if I wanted to keep looking or if I was ready to sign on something and give up the opportunity that something else could come up later. A lot of it was gut feeling, seeing an office and then leaving and feeling like something was missing or it wasn't everything I thought it was going to be. And it could have been that either the conversations I'd had with the doctor prior to actually going to visit the office didn't really line up to my own expectations that I painted the office in or that the listing itself didn't really add up to what I was seeing. But one of the other big things for me, of course, as a new grad, not doing a residency or anything, I'm definitely looking for mentorship. So if it seemed like they didn't have the time to provide the mentorship or they'd never mentored a doctor before, it doesn't mean they can't do it. But if they didn't really have a plan of how they were going to help me grow my skills or maybe the skills I wanted to grow, it didn't seem like they could actually teach me a ton about (laughs) then that also was something that made me feel like it wasn't going to be the right fit. And I do want to tell you all what my little blurb write-up was on the websites that have you make like uh, objectives or summary of yourself. This is what I said about like my practice philosophy. I am an active and hardworking soon-to-be new graduate in parentheses summer 2024. I enjoy patient education and strive to see the patient as a whole individual with dental needs relating back to their overall health and well-being. I am passionate about digital workflow, creating a more efficient and easy experience for patients. I am known to go above and beyond to get tasks done. I am eager to learn from CE and hopefully mentorship with a busy clinical schedule to improve my skills upon graduation in simple care, as well as areas such as endodontics, Botox, cosmetics, clear aligners, extractions, and implants. I hope to contribute to a positive office environment of collaboration, care, and respect. So that's what I said. Obviously, no need to go and steal all of my stuff, but if you want to use that as inspiration for your own philosophy and kind of value statement, there's obviously like different buzzwords in there, but it's key to make it relevant to you. Like if you're not interested in Botox and cosmetics, don't put that in there. If you want to do more surgery and things, like make that clear. And if you don't want to do digital dentistry, then don't say you want to do digital dentistry. Like I wrote up what my ideal office would look like and that's how the recruiter was able to say, okay, these doctors are doing what you want to do. They might be a good fit. And then from there, the way the practice, the process works is the recruiter will tell me which offices are looking for associates and then I would say, okay, opportunities one, two, and five sound great. The other ones don't really seem like I want to move there. don't really seem like the best fit at the moment. And then the recruiter would say, great, I'll go tell those offices that you're interested and tell them about you. And if they like what they hear about you, then you guys can do a phone call and go from there. And I ended up finding this opportunity through DDS Match, which is another website that I mentioned before. So that's exactly how it happened. Um, The recruiter set up a call for me and the dentist, and we got to chat for, I think, about 30 minutes. 
And honestly, I don't remember too much specifics about the conversation at this point. And I don't mean that I like blacked out because it was so traumatic or something. It's because it was like the exact opposite. It felt so comfortable. It felt so natural from the hello on the phone through the whole conversation. And that's been such a green flag from the beginning about this doctor and this office is that I felt so comfortable and encouraged and supported. And I realized other places that I visited, maybe I was hesitant because I felt like I wouldn't feel as comfortable learning in those offices. I might be scared to try new things. And obviously, I don't want to be reckless. I don't want to put anyone in harm's way. But every patient situation is different. And as much as it's a very technical career, it is a very unpredictable environment at the same time because every scenario is just going to be different. And you have to think on your feet sometimes and think quickly. And whether it's a mistake that I make or just something that I could do better, I want to be in an office environment and mentored by doctors that I feel comfortable going to them and saying, hey, this happened. What did I do wrong? How can I do it better? Or beforehand, going over cases and trying to troubleshoot and set yourself up for success before you even start the case. I wanted to be in an environment where that felt super, super comfortable and difficult conversations will need to be had I'm sure in a professional environment and it's a whole lot easier if you feel comfortable and respected and supported and not intimidated by your boss your employer and they treat you well and they treat you as a colleague and they treat you with respect and that should really be the bare minimum but in this case it's well above that it's support and it's encouragement and it's confidence and it's just support really I go back to that word a lot is something that I'm so grateful for in this office and it's so nice knowing that I'm going into my first associate position with a great mentor and someone on my side that's rooting for me and there to teach me as I need it. And before we wrap up, I still want to talk about a few other green flags with this office and then what happened from the initial phone call to then me signing a contract to work here. How did I know that I was okay to sign a contract in September and not be wondering what if, if something else had come up that maybe is there something better out there? Like not having to worry about that. How did I get to that point mentally? This is probably going to be a long episode. I feel like there's still so much more to say, but I guess that just makes it exciting. So I forgot to mention too, other than mentorship and kind of office values and just my gut feeling, one of the other really big things I was looking at was like the environment of the office Not that the cabinets matter, but just like the finishes and the openness, the brightness, just how I felt in the space if I'm going to be working there many, many hours a week and then spending extra time in the office doing notes and just practicing and getting my handle on things. I want to feel comfortable in the office environment. It doesn't mean it has to be brand new and has to be beautiful. I just wanted to feel happy and like it there. And then the other thing, much more important than the way the office looks, was the team. The team is huge for 
liking your job and growth and success and happiness. And fortunately, honestly, all of the offices I visited, I really loved talking to the different assistants and hygienists and front desk, treatment coordinators, everyone involved. I was very fortunate that I liked everyone there. I never really had any red flags I encountered with the team themselves, but maybe that's just because I was picky in the first place of what offices I even took the time to go visit. But anyways, back to the office that I'm working at. I'm lucky enough in this office that there's three experienced doctors to learn from. They've all kind of niched into different avenues while still having that good knowledge of bread and butter. So I feel like I'll be able to really grow my skills fairly quickly once I assure myself that I'm confident in bread and butter from the transition from school into a real clinic. Then it's really up to me how I want to expand from there of what different specialty procedures I want to learn and just kind of pick one at a time and work on growing that. There's a ton of support for skill development and CE and professional growth as needed there, which is also a huge plus if that is taken care of by the office and supported by the office. And to me, I feel like I'm going to also grow my communication skills so much, not only my clinical skills. And I think I mentioned it when I was reading off like my philosophy value statement thing that I had put on those websites, but patient education, even as a pre-dent, like talking about what I loved about dentistry, patient education has always been one of the things that gives me the most satisfaction about dentistry and definitely a passion, but I want to keep continuing to grow that and improving on it and giving people positive dental experiences and empowering them with knowledge and motivating them to take care of the oral health. And I know that this associate opportunity will help me do that because I've seen it work just on my office visit there and through talking with the doctors. So did that phone call and then I went to go see the office and I picked up on all those things I was talking about with you, kind of picking up all of those green flags and having a wonderful visit. But I want to talk a little bit more about what I did on that office visit weekend, not only the day I was at the office. So my boyfriend and I got an Airbnb in the local like largest city, which is actually 45 minutes away from the office. We assumed we wouldn't live that far from the office, but we wanted to check out the downtown and have that as the home base for our weekend while we explored all the things to do and see all around the area. So I'm a planner and I dropped many pins on my map. I made a folder of things to do and see and places to eat, things like that. And then I also made another folder in my maps for rental units, both homes and larger upscale like condo apartment complexes because we are planning on renting at least for the first little bit while we kind of get our footing and figure out if this is a place to stay for longer term hopefully planning to buy a home in the next couple years would be ideal but we checked out a couple different towns that are drivable from the office and settled on one that we're planning to end up living in because it seems like the best fit. It's about 25 minutes from the office and then 25 minutes from the major suburb that has all the things to do, like the big dining, shopping, 
workouts, all those different activities that I'm accustomed to now living in more of like a big city suburb kind of place and where I also grew up is like that. So it's going to be an adjustment moving to a more rural area. But I think by living right in the middle of the two, we'll find a happy medium of that like lower cost of living, less traffic, more quaint small town vibes, but we're not that far to get to things like Costco. So both the town I'm working in as well as the town I'm living in, which are two different places, are very quaint and charming and the people that live there are just so, so nice and warm and welcoming. And the town we'll be living in, even though again it's a tiny town, it does have a lot of events throughout the year and a little downtown and it seems very safe and welcoming. So I think we're going to really like living there. And we can't quite confirm that we're living there or figure out exactly the home what we're going to be moving into because leasing is a little bit more of a quick turnaround since it's like a normal working person place it's like a two to three months out that you could sign a lease versus I'm used to these college towns back at Michigan State and now at U of M that you have to sign a lease like nine months in advance of when you'd move in in these college towns it's insane but now I'm like wishing we could sign several months out just because I'm so excited and I want to like think about where we're going to put all the furniture and how we're going to decorate and how many cars can we fit in a garage just like all those little things I'm excited to know the exact unit that we'll be living in my ideal world we would have a three-bedroom place whether that's a condo or a standalone home that we're leasing but We might end up even doing a two-bedroom if that's what it comes to, or we could end up with a four-bedroom. Really just going to depend what's available at the time. Cost of living here is so low that it's going to be really nice transitioning from student life into working life and having a lower cost of living because I'll be able to be a little bit more aggressive with my savings goals and paying back student loans and everything. So I'm looking forward to that aspect as well. That kind of tells you what we did while we visited. We literally just enjoyed the town, drove all around different neighborhoods, all these places that were for rent because there's only like a few neighborhoods that exist in these towns of new builds and places that will be for rent that it just cycles like which homes actually go up address wise for rent versus for sale, but it's probably going to be one of a few different neighborhoods. So we kind of just wanted to drive through them and get a feel for if we felt comfortable there. We went to different restaurants. We went to different like shopping centers, not to like buy anything, but just to see like who lives here. What's this community all about? Do we feel comfortable? Do we like it here? And we definitely did. And the owner doctor, as well as one of the associates and the associate's girlfriend took us out to dinner, my boyfriend and I, the night before I saw the office. So that was a Sunday night. And it was such a nice time and it was a really great way to get to know them on just more of a casual personal level. And we talked a little bit of business, but mostly just personal life and getting to know each other. And then that made me obviously even more comfortable going for the office visit the next morning because I felt like I already knew the doctors pretty well. So then it was just a matter of getting to know the team and they have a pretty large team there several hygienists, a few treatment plan coordinators, front desk, assistants. 
And it's a pretty large office. I think there's around eight operatories that are plumbed already. And then there's one extra room that they use for dental photography for big cases. But it could be plumbed as an additional operatory if we feel like we need more workspace and we have that many patients and I need an extra op for some reason one day. But it's definitely a big office. And in terms of what my work is going to look like, they already have a patient base ready for me to jump into. I'm basically taking over the owner doctor's schedule and he's going to go more into those like niche procedures that he's really passionate about and I'm going to take over all the general dentistry as soon as I'm able to. So really just like working my skills up to the pace of an experienced doc, taking on that full workload and then as time goes, I can add in more big cases and slowly but surely get my footing and keep growing my experience. As I've mentioned, this is a very rural area. It's a really, really nice, quaint little small town, about 3,000 people in southwest Michigan. I don't know what I'm going to ever mention, like the specific town or office. I just like don't really know if it's necessary, but maybe I will eventually. Honestly, I'll probably be on their social media and you can find me through a Google when I am working there. So I'm sure eventually it'll just be common knowledge if anyone cares. But right now it just feels a little bit too early to be putting the name of the practice out there since I'm not starting until June and I haven't even like moved out there yet or anything, but very small town, but the practice pools patients from surrounding smaller communities all around that area, and they definitely have a large patient base, and the nearest specialists are about 45 minutes to an hour north, so they do get to do a lot of specialty work at this practice, but it's nice knowing that if anything gets too, too complicated, or we think it's a little over all of our heads, then we can still refer it. It's not like it's a four or five hour drive, like some super remote parts of the country maybe. But I think that's really everything to share for now. A lot of details about the practice and how I found the job. I guess I didn't mention yet why I decided to sign on it. I mean, you heard this whole episode. Who wouldn't sign on this opportunity, right? Like, incredible practice everything I was looking for what would be any reason not to sign on it you know and I really was so excited about it it felt like such a great fit my boyfriend was really excited about it he's excited to move out there and start this journey with me he might have to find a new job himself but that's something we'll work through as time goes if need be but I'm really excited I keep saying excited but that's the emotion I'm feeling so it's gonna be repetitive and I can't wait to get started there. So I'm sure as I go through the process a little bit further along of relocating and getting started, episodes are going to transition from life in dental school to life as a new dentist, life as an associate. But that won't be until the summer. So you've still got dental school, Haley, up until May. And then the podcast is going to it's gonna grow. It's going to evolve as I continue to evolve. The show's been going all of dental school. It started the very end of my pre-dental journey and it's gone all the way through dental school with me and we're not stopping anytime soon so thank you all for being along on the ride with me and I appreciate your support I hope you all had a very happy holiday season and a happy new year and I wish you all the best in the coming year so thank you all so much for listening and again for all your support of me and the show and I will talk to you next Monday